Welcome everybody to the Science Metaverse podcast. This is episode 49. I'm Keita Funakawa. And I'm Steve McCloskey. Wow, we just came back, uh, you know, that this past week was the first week where we didn't have an episode. We had like a 48 episode streak and we didn't have an episode. It was, it's been, it's been us just, we've been swamped with so much stuff uh, since the beginning of the year with JP Morgan. And uh, we just came back from a trip with Japan. Japan's now open. Uh, Steve, you have fun in Japan. How's your, how's your trip to Japan? It was a uh, very uh, tiring, you know, I think it was great to, to get to meet, um, you know, so many scientists from you know, Japan that are you know, also working on very great research everywhere from, you know, pharmaceuticals to material science. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a great trip, but, um, man, yeah, one week in Tokyo, back-to-back meetings, carrying all of our VR gear and then, uh, you know, back to the States now. So feels good to, to have a moment to, to relax uh, this weekend. Uh, but, uh, you know, not, not, not relaxing too hard as we're recording this, this exactly podcast. on a Sunday night here. Uh, well, you know, Hey, we got to keep our streak going. I know that we kind of had a little bit of a lapse with the, uh, Tokyo travel, but here we are back at it again. Uh, well, actually I'm glad we waited until Sunday this week because of, uh, the breaking news that, uh, we heard as of this morning is that meta is cutting the price of the MetaQuest pro down to about eleven hundred dollars, uh, supposedly temporarily. But uh, to be honest, I'm I'm a little sussed out. I think they did this before with uh, before they raised the price of the Quest Two. So, so it was technically temporary, but um, yeah, that one on the Quest Two, right? It was four hundred and then three hundred and then back to four hundred. So yeah, who knows how long they're going to keep it? But right now, the Quest Pro is down to ten ninety nine. Uh, used to be fourteen ninety nine. Could go back again. So. If you were on the fence about buying one, maybe now is your time. Yeah, I mean, you know, the jury's still out on the XR Elite in terms of the well, like actual feel of it. Um, you know, we haven't tried the production version of the XR Elite yet. Uh, but, um, you know, if anything, uh, even if the XR Elite is a complete flop, I do think that you could probably credit uh, this price drop to the XR Elite. So, uh, or at least a majority of it. Um, so, because XR Elite's around a similar price point. So, um Good to see that, and and you know potentially on uh, another kind of note that we have, there's been a tremendous amount of press around more detailed uh, rumors around the new Apple headset. Um, supposedly, is going to be uh, no no six off controllers, uh, and the breakthrough new uh, interaction uh, UI is going to be a combination of uh, head tra- uh, eye tracking and um, uh, finger or hand input, supposedly. So these are all, uh, it was a new report from Mark Gurman, uh, and these are coming out as well. I can't help but to think that this price drop was kind of around a similar time, uh, given that, you know, Apple is supposedly going for a higher end market of, of around $3,000. Uh, maybe, you know, Meta is like leaning forward uh, in, or leaning into this kind of lower lower price point here, but um, yeah. yeah well, well, so, I mean, on that front, right, you know, the, the Quest Pro has eye tracking, it has hand tracking, and I feel like the missing element here, like Meta hasn't put it together into like the clean, snappy, like anybody could pick it up and use it Apple UI. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Like whatever Apple's coming out with is probably gonna be hardware-wise, this is my guess, you know, all speculation, hardware-wise, not too dissimilar from what we've seen on the market from other people. Um, but the software and you know how they go about it, right? Even this rumor about eye tracking and finger tracking, hand tracking, 
um, like no one else has done, you know, a UI explicitly focused on that. And it kind of makes sense, right? You look at what you want, you kind of do something, it does what you want it to do, and there's not really a big learning curve, which button do I hit? How do I hold these controllers? It just seamlessly kind of works. So yeah, I'm hoping that it that it actually is like that and can't wait to try it. Yeah, so speaking on the hardware end, another kind of big news that has come out in the last two weeks was that uh, PSVR 2 pre-orders have gone out. Um, so we we did put in a pre-order pre-order order. Uh, so um, yeah, can't wait. Looking forward. I mean, it seems like you know it's very much a uh, you know VR focused gaming focused device. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the you know community. Uh, I think John Carmack talked about um, a little bit about the uh, PSVR two and the potential it has and things like that. So um, exciting, nonetheless. I mean, you know, we've been talking about the PSVR two on this pod for for a while now. So. Um, yeah. I, well, I it, seems, like, it seems like you know, PSVR is like a generation-ish like behind other desktop headsets. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that it's uh, probably maybe slightly higher quality than the Rift S, but you know, probably a bit similar. And you know, in terms of you know, it's got the light-based tracking. Um, you know, it's got the the top Halo strap. Um, it really does seem like PSVR is like launching really good stuff, but it's just yeah, generation behind the PC VR, which uh, honestly lines up with the whole like PC gaming versus console gaming. Yeah. Paradigm, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, from a resolutions perspective, it's uh, significantly higher from, from the index, but it's about on par with the Quest 2. The display is OLED and not LCD. Um, the screen refresh rate supposedly goes up to 120 hertz. Um, and then you know, uh, to your point about the Rift S, it is inside out tracking, so that's definitely better than the index. Um, but it does have eye tracking. Um, and so I think, you know, and also I, I recently saw a chart uh, of the uh, PSVR 1 versus PSVR 2 in terms of content. How many are going to be um, available at launch as well as how many is being planned throughout the next couple of years. And like the PSVR 2 is just, you know, from a pure numbers of content perspective, just way more supported than the PSVR 1. Um, and that for me, is exciting because I think you know Sony developers or at least developers backed by Sony making a lot of content like this uh, for the PSVR two. I think is just going to be really really good for kind of the community, and I think we'll hopefully get more people into uh, you know the science metaverse as well. Uh, Sony, if you're listening, we'd we'd love to get Nanom on PSVR two. So um, you know, let us let us know. You know, wouldn't be the first time a pharma company is buying a PlayStation, right? Yep. Back in the day, they did all the um, you know, simulation supercomputer work on like PS3s. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if there's some people that want it. It seems like a solid headset, you know, 120 FPS. I'm very excited about the um, you know, higher refresh rate just because it, um, you know, to me, adds a lot more comfort and immersion to have that super high refresh rate. Um, the resolution seems good. The eye tracking looks like they put that together with some foveated rendering. Um, so that depending on where on the screen you're looking, they, they kind of render it in higher detail. So yeah, it's, it's all the stuff they should be doing. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to try it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, on that note, right, uh, the PlayStation 3 was the best-selling Blu-ray player, right? Uh, and so I think that in, in a similar way, I could totally see how uh, the PSVR um, or PS5 kind of, you know, Trojan horses VR into a lot of homes um, or even uh, a lot of companies. So uh, definitely exciting. Now on a downside about VR and AR hardware, uh, this past week we had a huge layoffs from 
Microsoft, uh, which included entire teams behind uh, virtual and mixed reality as well as HoloLens. They also um, are is uh, terminating or stopping support for Altspace VR, which is a uh, man talk about metaverse. Altspace was definitely one of the first metaverses out there. So uh, and and lastly, I you know definitely have to give a shout out uh, RIP uh, to MRTK, which is a really useful prototyping tool for um, even our design teams uh, and when it comes to hand tracking. So a lot of things uh, happening under the uh, Microsoft layoffs. But uh, yeah, Steve, did you have any? Well, you know, my condolences to everyone who got laid off at at Microsoft. Um, It always sucks working on something you love and then, uh, you know, not being able to do that anymore. And yeah, Altspace was was kind of in a weird situation where they almost kind of killed it all and then got this last minute acquisition from Microsoft a few years back. Um, and, And, you know, a lot of people use it and it was great, but I guess, you know, they didn't really have a good enough business model uh, to keep it sustainable. And, you know, it was a good entry point to the metaverse, but yeah, I think it just shows the importance of, you know, making a, a product that, you know, has good value and, and, and really, you know, getting value from the community to help support that product to continue to exist. So, um, yeah, Microsoft, you know, they made sort of a bigger decision, maybe from the high level up, um yeah they spent so many billions on the hololens it kind of doesn't surprise me too much that they eventually cut that um especially as yeah i I think the technology is becoming more uh ubiquitous and and just yeah everyone could put a transparent display out nowadays it seems i don't know maybe i'm speaking too broadly but you know magic leap and a lot of others have really good tech so uh, even snapchat has a ar display now so yeah, a lot of competition there, um, but still, you know, sucks to see that go. And, and yeah, yeah, our impact of uh, not being able to use the mixed reality toolkit MRTK, uh, yeah, that also sucks. That that was actually a pretty good piece of like prototyping infrastructure uh, that they launched out to the community to you know test out hand tracking and other things like you know pass through mixed reality. So um, yeah, uh, definitely not a positive thing for the industry in general, but. Um, I don't know, maybe this will leave some sort of a gap that gets filled and, and create something new in the future. Yeah, I just think uh, it, you know, what I got out of this, and I, I, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying and I'm getting a little bit wrong, but I, what it feels like is happening is that they're paying for ChatGPT with XR. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the meme or yeah, it's like, it's like 10 memes to reference, but maybe the one with like the, the kids and yeah, it's like the kid being held up, played with, and then the other kid that's like, you know, uh, thrashing around in the water. It's yeah. like, oh, hey, chat GPT AI kid, you're, you're doing so great. Uh, uh, I was thinking Good about job, the, the girlfriend meme. Or the yeah, Justin. that's the other one I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, yeah, I mean, like AI is, you know, AI is great. You know, we love working with AI tools. Um, you know, AI tools like generate molecules and predict protein structures. Um, and you know, we see virtual reality as the ultimate interface for interacting with AI. So, you know, ChatGPT with the text-based window um, kind of makes sense that Microsoft's leaning into that because, you know, they're very much a uh, Microsoft Word type of origin. You know, they, they love the text box. Um, but yeah, I think... Yeah, AI is going to be around uh, for a long time. You know, maybe there's a point in the future where there's a million other chat GPT equivalents and Microsoft ends up, you know, cutting off this team in five, six years. Uh, I guess we'll see what the next thing they try to move on to then is. Yep. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I I, would, I feel like I would be concerned if I saw this news, uh, like, you know, without, I guess, the MetaQuest Pro, because the MetaQuest Pro is such a great device for mixed reality in general, like that is hopefully going to be taking the reins from HoloLens. But then on top of that, the rumor mill for Apple is just, you know, increasing quite a bit to the point where, like, I'm fairly optimistic. Or maybe, you know, that that was, maybe that's another thing, too. Maybe Microsoft was you know, thinking about kind of, uh, you know, like the Windows Phone, right? Well, yeah, they like had chat. the well. I'm just saying they had the opportunity to buy ChatGPT or sorry, OpenAI or you know, strike a deal with them or, or what have you. I know the deal is complicated, but um, and then they said, you know what, Apple's doubling down on MR. Like, let's not fight this battle and let's fight Google instead. Um, with uh prompting versus search kind of thing i don't know i, I don't know maybe yeah. maybe i'm oversimplifying no, no no i think it makes sense i mean especially with well, it's kind of sad because like the windows phone was kind of a thing and then you know apple um you know already had very large market dominance with the iphone and eventually like just it didn't make sense for them to continue the whole windows phone thing but like the apple thing has never launched this time and they're already killing off any hopes or dreams of, of them you know, having success with a, a Windows, you know, headset or something like that. Yeah, it just seems a little bit premature. But um, yeah, I guess they wanted to um, I don't know, maybe have higher profits for their investors or whatever excuses they're talking about in the boardroom. Well, I think from their their perspective, like I, it feels like AI, quote unquote, and you know, text based uh, large language models is here. Like from a tech perspective, like you know they. I've seen these this chart on like LinkedIn and Twitter about like how many days it took to get to like what was it five million users or something like that, right? And like that, you know, like the VR wasn't like that, <laughs> right? Um, and so I feel like from from that like just pure adoption curve perspective, like the tech seems ready for them. Or, you know, I I think that makes that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, plus like leaning into yeah the the wins. You know, a lot of people are are adopting ChatGPT right now. Um, yeah, both from developers calling out the third party API as well as um you know end users that are just you know flocking to it. I like using it. Right, these are fun and useful tools. So yeah, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I think so. You wanted to uh, have a kind of discussion speaking of AI around general AI stuff, biotech applications, etc. Is there any kind of topic in particular you wanted to discuss? Um, yeah, so I mean, in general, right, you know, like uh, everyone has been very uh, unaware of like all the protein folding, um, you know, from, uh, was it OpenFold and, uh, oh man, what's the big one? AlphaFold, AlphaFold, Alpha yeah, AlphaFold, right? Um, but you know, there there was recently that um, that competition where um, you know, people have ever gotten like better predictive models than that. Uh, of course, that's always big. Um, there was a lot of AI generative molecules. You know that Nvidia application. Um, it was just very much talked about at J.P. Morgan conference. All the various uses of artificial intelligence and you know really machine learning um, within biotech. And it seems like you know, pretty much everyone is uh, becoming an AI enabled biotech at this point. Um, just seems like a big industry trend. So I thought it was worth mentioning. Definitely. Um, I think, uh, you know, AI definitely has continues to play a huge role in in kind of the latest innovation areas of a lot of the, you know, customers and biotech companies like we talk to. 
Um, so the question is always, how does XR relate to AI? And of course, um, you know, uh, the I was fortunate enough to present at the CBI conference this past week, uh, Chemical Bio Chemistry, Biology, and Informatics um, uh, Society in Japan. Um, and, you know, I kind of talked about essentially uh, how we're, we're all, like the prompt economy is as if we're all like orchestra, or orchestra conductors, right? Um, and so this is definitely kind of the feature that we think that XR is perfect for when it comes to interfacing with AI. Um, and so that's one thing. And another thing, you know, when it comes to the topic of metaverse is that, you know, AIs could totally be avatars and you won't even know it, uh, right? There's a true Turing test. Yeah, I think we're getting close to that. I mean, the fact that Chad GPT has already passed like the bar exam and like medical exams and like it's getting smart in these specific like uh, knowledge base query areas. Um, you know, if you had a good voice synthesizer and you know just put that into some basic avatar movements with Chad GPT being the brains behind it, I, I think most people that talk to it in VR would would probably be like, yeah, sure, that was. That was a person, right? So yeah, we're, we're already kind of getting there, I think. Yep. Makes sense. Well, I believe that's about it for this week's episode. Sorry we missed you all last week, but we're, we're back and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you in the Science Metaverse.